Multiple Myeloma Hub Podcasts, brought to you by Scientific Education Support. Hello and welcome to the Multiple Myeloma Hub Podcast. Today we'll be hearing from Nikhil Munshi from the Dana-Farber Cancer Institute in Boston, US. Hello everybody, I'm Nikhil Munshi uh, from Dana-Farber Cancer Institute at the Harvard Medical School in Boston. And I'm going to discuss an important question. Should we still use high-dose melphalan in the era of novel agent? And reason this question is becoming relevant now is because what is mentioned here in the era of novel agent, which work extremely well, we get good responses. Now, is there a role for transplant or not? Um, Many studies have been published in the past, um, usually using the older drug. This is before around 2000, which clearly showed that when patients get high-dose chemotherapy with transplant, and in randomized study with no transplant, patients getting high-dose chemotherapy had better progression-free survival and better overall survival in some of the studies. And that had made transplant as a standard treatment. However, the then standard treatment did not achieve very good responses. Overall responses were not more than 60 to 70%. The CR rate was 10%, sometimes or less. And in those settings, transplant, of course, achieved higher responses, deeper responses, better outcome. Also, in the old days, there was a less concept of maintenance treatment, which is becoming standard now. So putting together the newer treatment regimens and maintenance treatment, the question comes up, is high-dose chemotherapy necessary and does it contribute? Um, to answer this question, a large multi-institutional study was done in collaboration with the IFM group, as well as Dana-Farber and a number of US investigators. And the study concept was very simple. Patients were randomized, to the three drug regimen RVD, or they would get the same treatment plus the transplant. Now, RVD, as we know, achieves close to 100% overall response and more than 50% patients would get complete remission. So it was quite appropriate to now compare whether transplant adds something or not. And results from this study were published around a couple of years ago in New England Journal of Medicine, which showed that patients undergoing transplant had significantly higher response rate, CR rate, MRD negativity, and had superior progression-free survival by 15 months, clearly establishing that high-dose chemotherapy does achieve greater and deeper responses with delayed relapses. Overall survival in that study was no different. And the point was that maybe we need longer follow-up. Now, this is the data from the French part of the study with 700 patients. The UAT part of the study is even today is still pending, partly because patient had indefinite maintenance compared to one year in French side. And so there are not enough events for the differences to come out. And so it is still blinded. Now, an update of this study was presented at this year's ASH meeting. Now the study schema was such that patients who did not get transplant on the, on the overall study, at the time of relapse, they got a delayed transplant. So they got late transplant. 
And so the presentation now was almost eight years of follow-up in this patient population. And so what was presented was that progression-free survival with a median follow-up to be exact 93 months, the progression-free survival in the transplant arm was 47 months and PFS for RVD arm was 35 months with the, first, with the, with the early transplant. So difference was 12 months, slightly less than what was reported previously. However, um, if we look at the patient, what happened subsequently, significant number of patients, 76, 77% of the patient at the time of relapse on the non-transplant arm got delayed transplant. And on the transplant arm, 23% patients got second transplant. And on follow-up, what you see here is that the median PFS was similar between the two groups, 95 months for the RVD alone arm and not rich, but close to it um, in the transplant arm, suggesting that delayed transplant provided enough benefit. And if you look at the overall survival in this study, at eight years, overall survival rate was 60% in the RVD alone group and 62% in the transplant group, very identical overall survival. Even at eight years, there is more than 60% patients who are still alive without event. And so that's the strength of the new data. So what this study brings about is a possibility that for sure, delayed transplant can be quite, um, uh, acceptable option in this patient population. The question is, do we even need delayed transplant? And I think this data clearly suggests that even though the PFS1, early transplant, gives better PFS, a delayed transplant does achieve reports. And this is in line with what we had seen before. So transplant as a treatment does provide benefit. And I think we have to keep it in mind as we move forward. The decision is early versus late transplant. But the second data that was presented actually from our own group is interesting, and it is thought-provoking for what we do in the future. What we looked at was patients who relapse without transplant. We looked at their myeloma cells. And patients who relapsed after transplant, we looked at their myeloma cells. And then we tried to see the mutational burden at the time of relapse compared to the same patient at the study entry or at the diagnosis to see how the number of mutations are changing. And what we observed was very striking. Patients in the RVD arm gained around 2,000 mutations per patient. Patients in the transplant arm gained 6,000 mutations per patient, very significant difference. So it looks like myeloma relapse after transplant, myeloma cells have more mutations. And I think we have to keep that in mind when we analyze the data. There was a lot of other things presented in this genomically focused study. The main point is now we look at the myeloma cell at the time of relapse. Is that myeloma cells with many more mutations is behaving differently or not? Intuitively one would think so, but we have to now look for the data. And this may eventually in future drive when we use transplant, whether we use transplant or not, and in which setting we use it. But that data is very thought provoking 
that myeloma cells at the time of relapse following transplant have many more mutations, could be more unstable. So combining all this, I would summarize that high-dose malfilin still achieves good responses and deep responses. Maintenance is an important component. And the US part of the IFMDFCI study would be very informative, partly because there is an indefinite maintenance. Patients on the non-transplant arm predominantly has not gotten late transplant. And it looks like that even after eight years of follow-up in this that study, or uh, study being open for around eight to nine years, the curves have not separated enough to be unblinded. That suggests that indefinite maintenance may provide benefit um, and might balance the impact of transplant. And so keeping all this in mind, currently as we know and as, as we are, transplant have a significant role and we should continue to consider it in patients, but early versus late transplant provides similar benefit and so one can decide to delay it based on individual factors. But the genomic study needs to inform us whether all patients, some patients would benefit or would might not benefit from this transplant. And so that's the current state of this uh, very important treatment that we have utilized for the last 30 years. But the newer treatments are beginning to erode into the need and necessity of this treatment. Thank you very much. Multiple Myeloma Hub Podcasts, brought to you by Scientific Education Support.